Have you ever gone through a spiritual depression? Have you experienced a dark season in your ministry and still had to lead? Are you in that season now? That is the topic of discussion on this week's episode. Let's do it. This is the definitive podcast for helping you plan, create, and execute dynamic worship experiences at your church. Useful, practical content in the areas of production, worship, communications, first impressions, and more. This is Making Sunday Happen. Hey guys, welcome to the show this week. This episode is brought to you by Messenger AVL. If you have any audio or video installation needs or lighting, we're talking systems, LED walls, anything you might need to enhance your AVL system at your church, these are the guys to get. More on them in just a minute. Well, today on the show, I welcome John Mark Cole. John is the worship leader, a worship leader at the Worship Initiative. That's Shane and Shane's organization. Uh, He also has a brand new album out called Still. And we're going to be talking about how to break through spiritual depression. He has an incredible story of coming out of a really dark season in his life and his ministry and God's faithfulness to bring him out of that season. He also had to lead others in that season, and you might be in a similar situation or have been in the past where you've had a dark season in your ministry. And again, you might be going through that now, and you're thinking, I'm in this dark season, I'm in this depression, and I still have to lead people, I still have to be on stage, Uh, I still have to execute Sunday, uh, and all the other uh, duties and assignments that I have to do in my role at my church. How do I get out of this spiritual depression, and how do I lead others to be faithful and excited about Jesus when Me, myself, I'm kind of down and in a dark season. We're going to be talking about all of that today. We're also going to hit on the struggles of worship leaders and also the hurdles of songwriting. If you are a worship leader who also writes music yourself, John Mark is going to be talking about some of the hurdles that he faced in songwriting uh, and how that can help you. So all that and more is coming up right after this. Last year when COVID hit, one of the things we recognized very quickly is that even though we had a beautiful auditorium that had really served our church well for many decades, we were way behind technologically. And so we reached out to Messenger and they have come alongside us. They have helped us really begin to reach not just our community, but the world for Jesus. And even all this week as they've come back in again to help install our LED boards, Uh, They're enabling us to minister to our church and our community. The the center screen uh, that they installed that drops during our COVID caution service allows us to live stream from our West Campus, which again enables us to minister to those who are very concerned about the virus or perhaps they work in a a profession or work for an employer that requires them to take those extra steps uh, to have lots of space. And so 50 to 100 people in a thousand seat auditorium, there's all kinds of room. And so Messenger has enabled us again, to continue to minister to our church family, our local community, and literally around the world to get the good news of the gospel out. Hey guys, today I welcome Dallas-based singer-songwriter, worship leader John Mark Cole. John Mark's new full-length debut album, Still, is available now. John Mark, how's it going, man? Oh, it's going great, man. Uh, How's it going for you? 
It's going great, dude. We we just passed each other. You came. Uh, you're you're based in Dallas, right? Yeah. Okay, so you came all the way to Columbia, South Carolina, where I live yesterday. So you came to my hometown, my stumping ground, my uh, you know my my place of residence, where we uh, where we do ministry, and uh, we were at a conference together. So uh, so I agree with you, man. I think it's a missed opportunity. We just uh, we just kind of missed each other all over the place yesterday. Yeah, you know, I I came all the way to you, and then I I didn't get the invite. And now we're we're doing this uh, over Zoom the next day. So I don't know, Carl. I feel like you know, I I, I put forth a lot of effort. Right. <laughs> seems like you let me down. No, just kidding. We kind of missed each other like ships in the night. But um, such a cool opportunity that we both got to be involved in a conference together, uh, pouring into worship leaders and volunteers and. Um, and just just people making church happen and then getting to connect the day after and debrief. Uh, this is really fun. Yeah, it is. So I, I love that. Uh, so this is the South Carolina uh, Baptist State Convention uh, that we're talking about, the Worship Leader Conference yesterday. Our buddy Matt Freeman and and the team at the convention, they do a great job of uh, just leaning into worship leaders. Uh, there were several hundred people there uh, just kind of worshiping and serving together. And uh, man, it, it's awesome. I want you to speak to this. It's it's really awesome to to come back to conferences. I mean, I traveled a lot during during COVID, actually. Um, but it's it's nice to kind of come and do live events again, see everybody again, and all that. All that's kind of cranking back up. Have you seen that as well? Yeah, it's definitely cranking back up for sure. And I I've underestimated how powerful it is to sing living hope with a room full of worship leaders. Mm-hmm. Like if that doesn't fill your soul and renew you to keep going as a worship leader, I don't know what will. So it was just awesome. Just being able to lead and then learn with a lot of like men, like-minded pastors, worship yep. leaders, um, yep. volunteers, servants of the church. It was just awesome. Absolutely. All right. So you serve with the team at the worship initiative that Shane and Shane's group. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you got involved with them. Well, we both live, we we all live in Dallas, uh, which I love. It's just a community of all of us kind of uh, doing life and um, doing ministry and music together. And we're all locally based. I just had a mutual friend and um, uh, he, yeah, we just got connected. They saw, they saw a video of a song that I wrote. Um, one of the Shanes did. And then, I got an opportunity to play bass. I've been faking bass guitar in worship sets for about four years now. So I faked my way onto a, a live recording. And then, um, yeah, a year later, I'm signed as a as an artist and uh, to their label. And then I'm also uh, working on the developmental side uh, with their resourcing through the Worship Initiative website. Yeah, so. that's awesome, man. Uh, so uh, you've just released your first album. Brand new album called Still. Uh, and I want to talk uh, more deeply about how you went through uh, a, a really a spiritual depression and kind of a dark season and and came out of that. You want to get kind of get us started into how this ca- album came to be for you? Hey, Carl, thanks for just leading us right into the depths. We're going deep. <laughs> we're diving in, man. Um, yeah, we're not messing around. And I think we we need to do that. So, yeah, the the album is named after a song Still, and w- which I wrote eight years ago. I wanted the first songs I wrote about Jesus ever. And 
it was, you know, I, I stayed up all night um, just writing this song that was just such a struggle because I was really having a hard time accepting the finished work of, of Jesus on the cross in regards to my own sin. I just looked at my life. I looked at the sin patterns and I just didn't get it. I'm like, God, what? This doesn't make sense. You know, why would you still love me? This, I'm not progressing. I feel stuck and really had a very negative view of myself. And this song came out of that. And uh, really just what started in a dark place has become an encouragement because the, the chorus is just one line and it's a question, you know, how could you love me still? It's not a statement. And it's still a question I have, but I think I've realized that it's okay to not fully understand how God could still love me. Um, but he does. Yeah. And it's just so, it's just so incredible to know that the blood of Jesus is enough. It's yeah. just enough. And so I've, I've learned that the struggle is okay. And um, just really grateful that out of that really a couple of, there's been a couple of difficult seasons, but out of that one, I got that song as a, as a reminder of who God is. So I know a lot of worship leaders and church staff in general, especially coming out of COVID, uh, they've worked really, really hard. Uh, most of them taking on multiple roles, multiple, uh, you know, uh, responsibility on their shoulders. Um, and I know personally many who are burnt out, uh, who are just feeling depressed, down, worn out. Uh, we noticed this some yesterday with the with the folks that we talked to at this conference that we were at. Uh, just uh, just guys that are uh, and, and gals that are just worn out, just are, are you know at a season of of either on the brink of burnout or learn, looking for something else or just, you know, it's just been a really hard season. Uh, and so I, I find it really neat that you kind of been through, you know, kind of a dark season and are coming out of that and able to minister to to folks uh, with that. So uh, what, what kind of steps did you take to come out of that depression time for you? Well, and, and Carl, just to be clear, there's been several <laughs> seasons of that. I mean, it's not been like a... There's been time. I mean, I've been in uh, counseling uh, for, and I use that word depression. Um, I, for me, I would maybe use, um, you know, there's some depressive tendencies, you know, mine is more of a mood. I think that kind of goes in and out. And I have some friends who their depression stays with them for their entire life. You know, it's not something that really goes away. It just gets bigger and smaller. So for me, I, I've gone through, a period of, I would describe it as spiritual depression. Mm. Um, sometimes that were at one point was very difficult a little bit later than what I was previously uh, mentioning. But during that one, I remember I was on staff at a church and uh, my pastor talked about how he almost quit because he was his depression and his is a lifelong struggle. You know, it just, it just ransacked him and it almost took him out of ministry, but he came out on the other side. Not that he's completely fixed, quote unquote, mm -hmm. but he mm -hmm. learned how to live well. And I remember sitting down in his office and I'm completely burnt out. I'm not happy. 
and I'm trying to give these happy worship leader talks and I'm trying to remind people of truth, but I'm not feeling it. I know it's okay to not feel it because like we lean on truth, right? Like that's our foundation, but it's just hard week after week when you're pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, and you're just on empty and you're still pouring out and you're still empty. You're not getting filled. And I sat down in his office, cried, broke down. And he just said, don't worry about causation right now. Look at your entire life, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And let's just break it down and see how you're doing in those areas. How are you eating? Oh, you're not eating? Okay. That's probably not helping. How are you sleeping? Oh, two hours a night? Probably not the best strategy. Okay. How is your time with the Lord, your your relationship with Him? Okay, pretty distant. So, all of a sudden, He broke down everything. And it was like, let's just work on fixing what we can control right now. And then um, hopefully like uh, find some healing through counseling and through walking with some people and talking about it. Mm. And um, uh, I was able to, to do that and uh, just, yeah, really, I'm grateful that after a while, I mean, it was not great, but it, it, it did lift and um, I'm grateful to be able to, to be out of, out of that one, which was the worst of the seasons of um, mm. darkness, I guess. And I'm, but my prayer is still to my friends who it doesn't lift, you know, and it's mm. just, how do we live? How do we lean on Christ through this? If, if we have to deal with it um, till we're, you know, to our future hope is realized, but man, I, I so appreciate you, you sharing this and, and diving so deep with us. Um, how did you, uh, you mentioned kind of pouring out and pouring out. How much did you share with your team? You know, if you had, a, you know, I'm sure you had a band volunteers. How much did you share with them? Uh, and, the, and you know what I mean? How, how much did you need to share and how, how, how did you lead them well, even through that? Yeah, I've, you know, that's a great question. I had, I realized for me, it depended on the situation and it depended, there were different spheres. So I had my inner circle, um, that was my staff, my mentor, um, my counselor that I was seeing, my pastor, they all knew what was going on. Um, and then my team knew like the volunteers, I was leading a volunteer band and they knew a little bit. But I kept some of the stuff that was, you know, I, I, I let them know as much as I felt like was helpful and they, they were awesome. Mm -hmm. But then as far as like our church, um, I, I love to be honest, but sometimes I have to be careful and realize that when on Sundays, it's not, you know, John Mark's therapy hour, right? It's not for me. So I had to realize like, it's, even though I wanted to just, wow, here's what's going on it was helpful to take some time to let the emotional intensity go down before communicating about it publicly so that I could focus not just on expressing what I was feeling, but how could this be helpful to someone else from my story? So I think I just, there's that inner circle that knows everything. Mm -hmm. And then um, they kind of keep me protected and then uh, varying levels of, um, yeah, I think a very, just a, letting them know everything and then practicing wisdom and discretion 
while I was right in the middle of it with everyone else around. So good. So I love how this, uh, how your story is obviously, uh, obviously influences this album and all the songs and, and, uh, the, your, your team at worship initiative and the, I think your, your publicist or whoever, uh, sent me all the tracks. And so I've kind of been jamming to your album, uh, the last, uh, couple of weeks. And the song that, uh, one song that really stood out to me was the song tapestry. Um, and just kind of how that dark season really brought the, seems like brought that song to life, uh, with a lot of meaning for you. You want to walk through what that song and uh, just kind of how that came came about? Yeah. One of the ideas behind that song is that we don't always know the causation or the meaning behind pain and struggle and breaking when it happens. But I believe that God never wastes pain. And just knowing that gives me the assurance that whether I'm in um, a really difficult time, maybe the circumstances are very hard right now, I can trust that God is going to use it to do something, you know? And so tapestry is, is about that, that there's beauty in the breaking, um, that God, the evidence of God's goodness and glory is in every detail of creation, but also in every detail of our lives and our stories. All right. So uh, this question might seem like a repeat, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Talk to me about God's faithfulness and what you would tell others experiencing similar seasons that you've been through and coming out of it. Something that's been really helpful to me is a friend told me um, early on, just reminded me, you know, you. he said, John Mark, you may be overwhelmed right now, but just realize that God got you through every single other over overwhelming thing in your life up to this point. And you're still okay, right? You're still here. And I was like, yeah, I am still here. It's going to be okay. You know, my personality is definitely like, it's kind of like the glass egg. I, I got that from my mom, one wrong thing and just shatters, you know? Yeah. Um, and maybe it's a little thing, but maybe it's a big thing. And I've realized that, man, if we just like do that very biblical practice of just remembering God's like everything he's brought you through, don't forget that. Of course, like today we're, he's going to work it out. So, and my, my prayer for, if you're in what I would call like a, a desert place, right. Or, um, a, a difficult season, my prayer for you is this, and it's out of Isaiah 58, 11. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. So even if you're in the, the desert place or a, a dark, difficult breaking season, I pray that you the Lord uses it to make your bones strong from the breaking. And I, I hope that it passes soon and that eventually uh, your life would be like a watered garden. So that's my prayer for you. Yeah. So is that, does that encompass the the album? I know that, that this is kind of a theme throughout this album for you and writing the songs and putting this uh, album together. I guess my question is, 
what do you want what do you want God to use how do you want God to use this album for his glory I love that question because it's so simple but it's so weighty because it's ultimately why we do what we do my whole goal is that anyone who listens to it would want to take one step closer towards Jesus and they could I mean, on, on the, on a scale, I mean, it could be that you're, whoever's listening could be very far from religion or from God. Um, but maybe they would hear something that would ask them that would prompt in them to consider maybe there's something there and to maybe just investigate a little bit. And then to the, to the, on the other side of the spectrum, someone who's, who's been walking very faithfully uh, with Jesus, I, I pray that it is just another step closer uh, to him. So from both sides, um, my hope is that God uses this, um, these like loaves and fishes, right? And just um, helps bring people closer to him. Why are you still in ministry? Obviously, you've been, you've been through it. Uh, you, you've been on church staffs, uh, staff, uh, you know, during these times. I've been there. Uh I, so I'm asking you, I have my own, uh, um, counseling, uh, sessions, I guess, but, uh, why, why do you still do what you do? Why, why are you still in ministry? The Lord has just made my calling very clear, especially lately. Um, and I'm just trying to be faithful to follow it. And the calling sometimes looks different than you'd expect. Sometimes I have a, a title at a church and, and other times I didn't, but it's still the same. It's still the same. And it's to, to use what I've been given um, to glorify God and to, to come to just uh, be a conduit for his work. And I think that matters a lot in, in ministry that, I think sometimes we we can seek the the position, seek the title. Oh, I'm not the main worship leader guy. I'm the campus mm-hmm. worship leader at this, you know, or what whatever the case may be. Um, that we do have to question that. We do have to question our why to go. Okay, why am I in this? Am I am I fulfilling this calling? Do I actually believe this stuff? Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Just your thoughts on that is is uh is great to have. So, what do you think are some of the major struggles right now for worship leaders who work to make Sunday happen? And it could be you know emotionally or spiritually, but it could be on stage. You know, it could be. What do you think are some of the struggles? Maybe from the, some that you talked to uh, yesterday, or just as you travel around. What are some struggles that worship leaders are facing? You know, Carl, um, something you just said in the previous question, I actually think might be helpful um, about the title. Could I expand on one more thing? Absolutely, yeah. I think it might be helpful for your vision for this. Um, yeah. So in regards to the holding a position um, thing with being on church, I was just at the funeral for um, one of my friend's uh, dads. Uh, his name is Dean Pyle. His daughter, uh, Demi Pyle uh, sang with me on Desert Places, a song on my album. And Dean, the legacy of his life was he knew his calling 
as a pastor and it didn't matter if he had a title. And I mean, he was one of the initial guys that founded Passion. I mean, just a huge legacy as a worship leader. And then in the later stages of life, he wasn't on staff anywhere or he wasn't on staff at a church or anything like that. He was just playing keys in the band, but um, he knew what his calling was and he was, he would have a two hour conversation with you. Um, and I, he did that for me, even just uh, getting to know him over the past couple of years. And uh, I just didn't encourage, I know like at his funeral, I mean, he, the honor, uh, just the unseen work. I just so grateful that Jesus is the values of his kingdom are so upside down because he mm. just lived a beautiful and full life of just unseen ministering to people, regardless of title, regardless of platform. And his legacy is something that has really impacted me and just an encouragement to everyone who feels unseen. Please keep going. Mm. Please keep going. You don't know who you're going to impact by taking, um, time out of your day just to have a, a conversation. So keep going. Good point. Good point. Sorry. Uh, could you repeat that next question? Yeah, no problem. So what do you think are some of the major struggles right now that worship leaders or those who make Sunday, what are, what are they struggling with? Whether that's emotionally, spiritually on stage tools that they use. We just did a couple of um, different things. I'm compiling all the data because yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot going on. You know, I think struggles of a worship leader right now, just from my friends who are in full-time staff, there's a whole comparison thing going on because everyone has a project out right now. Um, everyone's recording albums and it's probably leading to some death of some joy and just comparing each other. I think that could even lead to lead to competitiveness and um, my hope is that we could learn how to champion each other and just lift each other up because it's hard. But mm -hmm. I think that's been a struggle. I think anyone on a church staff full time and I've been on staff in various capacities over the past 10 years uh, now being with the worship initiative, um, and just attending church, uh, just being involved where I'm at. Um, I am not jealous because you're, you're right in the, the firing lines of just, uh, getting a variety of different things from every side. So it's just difficult to keep them. It, it seems difficult to keep the main thing, the main thing right now for everyone, including the worship, including like my worship leader friends who are in the thick of it. Um, and just with there being a lot of content and worship stuff, it's probably hard to just stay faithful to your people and to tune all that stuff out. And um, yeah, just really grateful for my friends who are just staying focused on the mission and are just laser focused on, I am leading the people that God has entrusted me with right now. And that's all that matters. And um, it's really cool to see that. What are some hurdles of songwriting 
you uh did you did you write all the songs on this album i did i got a lot of help but i i wrote everything i was a part of it so what are some hurdles of songwriting that you faced how'd you overcome them the biggest hurdle to songwriting there's a couple things i think the one i realized the most on this was you need to know what you're good at you need to know your strengths um when I was younger and maybe just a year younger, <laughs> like if I'm being honest, I just thought I was God's gift to songwriting. I can do everything, right? So if you divide it up, lyrics, the music, the production and arranging, I all three, home run, I've got it. Not the case, you know, like we, we all have like different strengths and there's just so much one, there's a humility in realizing, okay, is there a, one of those three that I'm just really comes natural to me? And after co-writing a lot for this album, um, those strengths, people started to call those up in me. And I realized, oh, wow, this is how I can really serve instead of showing up thinking that I've arrived, you know? So realizing my strengths and then leaning into those and leaning on other people to help fill in the gaps of where you're weaker at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And where, um, instead of trying to put all this pressure and being all things like for me, just realizing I'm a melody writer. I love, I love pop music and it's just because it's so hooky. I love melodies and realize pairing myself with a wordsmith, you know, I'm, I'm not a John Mark McMillan poet. You know, the name resemblance, that's it. It stops there. I don't have those lyrics, uh, that that ability. Um, but I do have honesty and I I have a I just love melody. So realizing that about myself and uh, leaning into it and finding people to compliment my strengths and weaknesses, it's been so fun. Good. All right, one more for you, then I'm gonna hit you with some rapid fire. We're gonna bring it up. Okay. Uh all right, last one. Uh, how do you measure success in a worship experience? How do you evaluate whether it's a win or not? The question I've been asking myself lately was, was I faithful to the things I can control? Was I faithful? So that means I asked that exact question to um, the pastor or uh to the even to the conference what, that we were just at. If I'm leading a breakout, what's the win look like? Clarifying the win and being faithful to prepare, faithful to abide to where I'm showing up and I'm not running on empty, but I'm and that's that's the difficult part, but leaning on the on the spirit and and uh, being in the word, all of that good stuff, like an abiding life. Uh, being faithful in the moment and uh, faithful to faithful in the planning and also faithful in the moment. Is there something that I'm missing? Do I need to sacrifice my plans um, for an opportunity with this certain group of people? Like what's going on? Um, and just faithful to the word in all things and uh, realizing that uh God is going to make his purposes known and, or he's good. He's going to do the work. You know, I, 
sometimes I felt too self-important, I think, mm-hmm. in my past. And really, it's like, no, I'm just faithful, do my best, and then show up and then let just watch God like do what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's I think that's how I would approach it now, um, which is good because in the past, it's just, you know, how many hands went up during the bridge and right. do we have how many blunders do we have on pro presenter and, you know, getting out of that and realizing, and God's going to do the work, but have I been faithful to hopefully be a, a healthy conduit? Yeah. I want to be a part of that, you know? Good. Okay. Rapid fire, quick answers. You ready for it? You have mm-hmm. some fun. Okay. Here we go. Number one, I got five for you. Number one, what is something about leading worship that you wish you could go back and tell yourself years ago? You're not that important. Okay. Number two, name two tools or resources that help you on stage or in your productivity that you cannot live without. Multitracks.com. Reminders app. Mm, Good. All right, number three, name one or two artists that have inspired you. I'm going to disobey. I'm going to give more. Uh, Bonnie Bear, Coldplay, Joan. Okay, all right. Number four, what is one thing that you that could really help the relationship between worship and the tech team? Something mm. that would bring unity between the two teams. Mm. You can't make me rapid fire. That, that's such an important <laughs> question. All right, you can take uh, some time. That's such an important. Break some rules. Let's do it. No, no, I'm not going to break. I'm going to submit to my authority here, Carl. I'm submitting to you. (laughs) You're my authority in this moment. No, 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 no. Worship leader, you're a servant. Serve them. Serve them. They are making it happen. You know, like you're going to look real bad (laughs) if they if they want to, they can. But not even out of self preservation. Like you're there to serve together. Serve your tech team. Yeah. And I would, I would say the same thing reverse, man. I, I, you know, my background is, is tech, not worship. And I would say the same thing. How can we serve the worship team, um, in a way that we all win? Uh, you know, how can we, you know, meet with them ahead of time to plan lyrics or to plan camera shots so that the guitar solo gets on the iMag, you know, things like that. How can we, how can we serve, uh, well together, team up together? All right. Number five, Last one, what is one thing that you are grateful for with where you are today and what the Lord has you doing? To do ministry alongside wise friends who call me up in all things, spiritual, physical, emotional, all things, just being made better by great friends and then serving together um, to lift up the name of Jesus has been just such a gift. Good. Well, man, I know that we took some very deep dives today and uh, I really appreciate uh, everything that you've shared, Uh, being very vulnerable and sharing your story with us and just having some fun. Uh, Man, thank you so much. Uh, You know, even uh, serving with you yesterday, even though we didn't meet uh, in person, uh, but ju- just to be able to serve in that way together at a conference, and then just being able to being able to chat with you today has just been a treat. So I really appreciate the time. I appreciate it, Carl. This has been really fun. Please don't avoid me the next time I'm in your hometown. <laughs>
I, I take it as Deal. a personal attack. Deal. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for having me, man. Hey guys, Grant Murphy here from the 1230 team. Did you know that with our custom media services, you can build your own retainer with us for the year to help you save money? Let me explain. If you know that you may come to us for a lot more than a custom single project, we can help you put together a six or 12 month retainer to save your church or ministry up to 20% off your projects. We even have a calculator on our website to easily help you put together your annual needs. Go to 1230.media slash retainer. Choose your term for a six or a 12 month retainer. Then you can choose all the custom graphic and video needs that you may have for that period of time and easily see what your monthly cost would be. For example, if you know your church is going to do 10 sermon series in the next 12 months, you can select 10 sermon series designs, 10 sermon bumpers, and 10 series trailers with your 12 month discount. Your monthly rate will be $566 a month. Did you catch that? 10 full series graphics, bumpers, and trailers for your year for under $600. I would love to encourage you to check out some of our design and video samples on our website to see the quality of our work. Our team is off the charts good at what we do and we have a huge heart for ministry and want to help you reach your community for Jesus. Start building your custom retainer today at 1230.media slash retainer. That's 1230.media slash retainer. The show notes for this episode are available now at makingsundayhappen.com. Hey guys, I wanted to expand a little bit about what Grant was just talking about with the build your own retainer on our website. We do this with a lot of ministries and churches that need to spread out what they're going to do. A lot of churches will come to us knowing that they're going to do 10 sermon series a year or a situation like a ministry. Awana, for example, uh, has done this. Answers in Genesis, both of these large ministries uh, outreach. Uh, all of these ministries come to us for custom media content. And what we've done is we've said, we know you're going to do 10 series a year or all of this content. Uh, why don't we set up a monthly payment plan uh, so that you can do it in monthly installments and then you can turn in your content whenever you want to. You can give us all 10 series next month and we'll do it uh, if you need that. And then you can pay monthly throughout your year uh, or you can spread it out. Give us one series here, two there, three there, whatever you need to to make custom media at your church or your ministry happen. Uh, and you can go to our website and you can look at a calendar, uh, a calculator rather, where you can see the prices of all of our content and you can see our six month and 12 month discount and kind of build your own budget. Well, we don't hide anything from you. It's all on our website right there uh, under the custom media tab. And you can build your own retainer plan uh, with us at 1230 Media. So we serve a lot of churches, lots of ministries uh, as well uh, with large amounts of content, both graphics and video. We would love to serve you and your church. We serve a lot of churches and ministries who either your team is completely tapped out, burnt out, uh, there's so much on their plate that there's no way they can accomplish everything, uh, all the digital assets, graphics, and videos that you might need. So we like to come alongside uh, and help in that way. Or if you're in a situation where you have no creative team at all, we can be your complete creative team. Uh, from project management to design and video content for your social media, for your screens, for your sermon series, for your events, everything that you might need. Uh, so check us out on our website, 1230.media. Just click on the custom 
tab and all the information is there for you. 1230.media. We would love to serve you. Well, that is it for us this week. Next week on the show, my friend Jeff Reed stops by. I'll be talking with Jeff about his brand new book, VR and the Metaverse Church. It's going to be another full episode on how the church should be keeping an eye on what is happening in the metaverse. And I've been doing a lot of research on this. I've been playing around in virtual reality uh, quite a bit. Lots of fun games that you can play, but also the church is making a move into virtual reality. Uh, One thing that just happened, uh, this is after I interviewed Jeff, a major community, a major world uh, that is used in virtual reality, a place called Alt Space VR, uh, is completely shutting down, which what that means is some of the churches that created worlds and had church in that app, in that environment, are going to have to figure out another solution. Uh, and so there's other uh, apps that they could move to. One is called VR Chat. One is called Big Screen. One is called uh, Meta Horizons by Facebook. Um, so if you're into this world, you kind of might, might know what I'm talking about. If you're not in the world of virtual reality at all, um, next week would be a great episode for you to listen to because Jeff and I really take it from a 101 level. Like you know nothing about virtual reality. We're going to talk through web 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. We're going to define terms for you. Uh, we're going to walk through a bunch of definitions of what things mean. Our prayer is that you learn a lot about virtual reality and how the gospel is going forth in a whole new way. That's next week on the show. We'll go out there and create some incredible worship experiences at your church this weekend. I'll catch you next week. Making Sunday Happen is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your church, visit makingsundayhappen.com.